We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And now, a page from the Diary of Flo. Dear Diary, there's something about protecting people's homes through Progressive that inspires me. Because I just had an idea for a book. Well, it was originally an idea for a movie based on a play inspired by a podcast. But the idea is how you can save when you bundle home and auto. Hmm, might not be the best idea for a book. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Maybe a radio commercial? Guess we'll never know. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. This is... 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 With Giancarlo Navas and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today, we have our producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins. Call me Cole Well, Chris made that joke last show, so we're late. That's not timely anymore. I know. That's, that's funny so, to say. That's so last week, Brian. Okay? It was 2017. Call me Things move like this, okay? Spofefe. Okay. Um, supposed to be with us today was Alex Toledo, our resident screw-up. He's not here, and I want to kill him. Uh, he's running late, so he will join us whenever he joins us. Um, he's running late at work. And we have our guest from Slice Miami and Curb Miami, Mr. Josh Baumgard. How are you, sir? I'm happy to be here. Am I allowed to be drinking beer while doing this podcast? You're supposed just... to be drinking beer while doing this podcast. All right, just, just checking. That's, that's like our MO. All right. You know, started by Alf. Alf is Alf would drink, you know, dark liquor. Yeah, exactly. That's how that started. And then we all just started drinking. Oh, I'd have whiskey, but I ran out of whiskey, so I'm, I'm <laughs> on to the beer. That started getting me fat, drinking beers while doing the shows when we used to do it. Oh, yeah, it's the worst, man. They're just loaded with carbs. Uh, The hard stuff's way better on the rocks. You know, and it's been awful because I've been, like, really trying to eat, like, eat healthy and be good. And then I get invited to a party, and I'm like, I can't really, like, drink beer. And I like gin and tonic, but, like, the tonic has so much sugar. And it's like, alcohol's, like, dead to me, dude. I can't drink anymore because everything's going to make me fat. There you go. It's like awful. Okay, so I didn't think we'd start the show there, but there we did talk about <laughs> me getting fat off tonic water. Um, so we have this fine. Okay, so Alex is ready, Brian. So call him. Be a good producer. I want to. Oh, you do it. He has to. Okay, so while, while we get Alex on the line, I want to talk about the finals. Um, Josh, it's been exceptionally fun for Miami because especially like the petty side, and the ratings reflect that. I think Miami is... Uh, right after Memphis and Columbus as the only other non-playoff like playoff cities that are like outside of Cleveland and Golden State, obviously, that are atop the ratings. There's no question. I mean, LeBron's presence, the four years here, kind of morphed this city into a basketball town. And I know we could go back and forth on that. Don't tell Woody. The, yeah, of course. He, he's pissed. About, he, he always he gets into it's it so with good. that. 
So, so do all those guys. I mean, Adam Beasley, all, all these guys, they oh, get Adam, into it. Adam, but, Adam hates it. Yeah, I mean, it's whoever whoever's winning, whoever's doing well, that's that's the town it becomes, and I don't blame them, you know, as it's a source of entertainment, first and foremost. And, you know, when the Heat are entertaining, they're going to be watched more. When the Dolphins are entertaining, they're going to be watched more, too. So I think it's kind of a stupid, silly uh, battle. I think it's been interesting, like what you said, the, the shift from basketball. Like, I don't want to, I mean, yeah, I like to call it a basketball town because I like to troll football fans. But I just think that LeBron being here taught this city about the sport. I think a lot of people that watched it before and – I think LeBron came at the right time, right? He came as like Twitter and social media boomed, right? So you had this communal experience that was a lot of fun for a a big segment of the fan base. And also this team was built and coached in a way that ran with the thinking of basketball, right? So pace, space, analytics, three, stuff like that. So this fan base kind of grew as basketball fans watching this team. And I think you kind of get it at like, I think there's more knowledge in this city about basketball than football just because of the things around this team and how it's covered. Because Levitard is so popular down here and Sedona was so popular and they like talking about the analytics and stuff. Uh, that really helped grow the kind of smart basketball or smarter basketball fan down here. I just want to interject with uh, just looking at the ratings for the semifinals. I mean, Miami's number four among the nation watching these two teams battle each other. And it just shows that Miami really does care about basketball. And now, is this percentage of market? It's not like total, right? It's it's per capita, basically. Per capita base. But okay, just check. So, it, it, it's remarkable in the sense that, you know, Miami is tuned and plugged into the series. But I think that there's a LeBron factor to that that we obviously have to take. Because, like, there is a petty party factor to this that we have to account for probably i mean i think subconsciously i'm still a little petty i respect lebron i love his game i think he's the best ever um clearly the best of his generation but i don't know i guess it's something about his teammates i I don't love Kyrie as a player i don't love his style and part of it is golden state is just so beautiful to watch when they're clicking it's hard not to pull for them and i've talked to a lot of people down here and they all disagree and like like a lot of people are rooting for lebron at least my friends yeah they no, we have to root for the underdog i mean cleveland i mean uh golden state added durant the second best player in the game it's not fair and i get all that but golden state when they're on it is just it's a symphony and it's awesome josh it kind of reminds me of the big three heat like in a way Mm -hmm. right yeah, I think so. It's just it's taken another step on that. You know, obviously the big three heat helped pave the way for uh, this style of roster compilation. But I mean, it was kind of the big three heat and then you throw another fourth guy in there. It's kind of absurd. But I mean, I don't just mean the basketball. Well, I do see a lot of the basketball. I mean, like the kind of sports social elements like they're really disliked. And this year I mentioned this last show, the heat were watched to see if to see them lose. The Warriors last year were watched to see if they would lose. And the Warriors have made that jump from people wanting to see if they would lose to now watching them to watch them lose. And it reminds me of those big three Heat teams because that's why people watch those teams because they did not like them. And the Warriors have taken this shift with I think it happened sometime last year. I can't I don't exactly know when. And then Durant obviously exploded that idea. So. I kind of I see a lot of our old Heat team in them, and I really enjoy that. That's why, like, I really I like still it. now maybe now maybe it's hard to tell because we're not on the inside of it now. But this team's not nearly as hated as as oh, Miami no, 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 sports, no, no, right? No, 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 no. There's no way because it's it's like I think the media people covering the Warriors have a perspective that they didn't have before. So and and also that Warrior team has not faced any real adversity, and the only time that they've lost the playoff series. There's like two legitimate reasons why one of them being Steph being hurt, the other Draymond suspension and LeBron's superhuman performance that in a way that they were excused and it wasn't really an I mean, yeah, the three there were three one jokes, but I don't think it's nearly as bad as anything Miami went through adversity wise. Anyway, Uh, Alex, welcome to the show. What's up? Why were you late? Tell the class because all of the people that I have to boss around did not clean up. Therefore, I had to clean up their mess. You left out the Warriors being down 3-1 versus the Thunder and how they came said, back from that. Oh, yeah, you're right. I said 3-1 jokes. I said <laughs> you're right. Absolutely. Small adversity. That doesn't excuse your tardiness. 3-1 small adversity? You're right. 
but other than, other than that and the Cleveland thing. No, and Memphis down to one, but that I don't know if that really counts. I guess, yeah. No, I, I, I count that. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. And I mean, Miami was down two one to Indiana in a series that we all thought was the apocalypse. Yeah, and that was the first one, right? That was the one. That was the one where they still had Granger as the main, the main scorer. Yes, and and the funny thing about that series is, I, I think that's where the Stephen A. Smith, uh, that sound that you know everything's over for Miami, or maybe that was the boss. I just know that surrounding that down two one was the sky is falling. And Chris Boss wasn't even playing. So yes, very different coverages for for those teams. Josh, do you remember that that series, that first Indiana series without Bosch? Yeah, that that was the skies falling series you were just that talking was about. One of the skies. I mean, the Heat had seven of like five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny because in the NBA playoffs, as we've seen this year, home court advantage is absolutely everything. So you could win. Just as Cleveland can now, like they could easily bounce back, win the third game, and then it's a series again where right now everybody thinks it's over. So it's just kind of funny how everybody, I guess it's a social media age where everybody just follows a game to game and it's like a recency bias and that's all you follow. But yeah, I do remember that, especially like the Indiana series and then that obviously that Boston series when they went down 3-2 and even in my heart, I'm like, they're so effed, like they're just, there's no chance. And then LeBron just showed you (laughs) what he's effing made of. (laughs) As as he does, yeah, it was incredible. So you can just say it, you know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Write that down, Brian. Balls. All right. Yeah. Now, do you bleep it out or you remove it completely? We bleep it out. I bleep it out. I like the sound right. of the so bleeping out. It sounds that cool. could be fun. Like I could say mother, but and then you just beep 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 beep. Yes, like rapid fire. All right. All right. Yeah, it makes it sound edgy. Brian smiling. Sorry, I shouldn't say the c word. That's that's a bad bad word. If my wife heard me say that, she would shoot me. Thankfully, it's being bleeped out. Yeah, thankfully she has a girls' night, so she's not here right now. She's not here to listen <laughs> to you saying the c word. There you go. Poor Brian. Brian, you look dead inside, knowing that you have to edit all that out later. That is <laughs> my so- apologies. It won't happen again. <laughs> Make it happen. Again. You're like Tourette's now. <laughs> Unless you start talking crap about James Johnson and then Tyler Johnson, which I, I could see being an issue, with, then then it's going to get real. Listen. We're not gonna we're not gonna slander Tyler today. We've slandered Tyler. Well, I've slandered Tyler all season. Um, I think we should give Alex more time to talk because apparently his computer is about to blow. Alex, up what's his- going on? Why do you send that message? What's gonna happen with your computer? <laughs> so as soon as I was like, while well, I was talking about the the Warriors being down three one to the Thunder, my computer gives me a pop up and it's like your device you is going virus. to restart at seven twenty five, and it says you can either restart now or pay five hundred dollars and send it to this bank account in Jamaica. Yeah, pretty much. So it's telling me that like. My device is gonna go under under a restart at seven twenty five. I can't really do anything Alex, about it. Alex, why can't you just have a show where everything's dude? Normal? You're asking me. I don't even. Who's why whose computer does this? You? Whose computer why, does this? But why is it always you? Oh, that's not true, man. That's not true, Alex. And by the way, there's a porn addiction joke that I'm dying to make. The porn addiction jokes have been made, and those are Alf jokes. R.I.P. Alf. I miss him so. <laughs> He's on VK. Best he'd be a host of all time. Best <laughs> I'm gonna hang up on you. I've hung up on Harry the last few shows. I mean, hang up on me in 12 minutes and my computer restarts. Okay. You mean you're gonna hang up yourself? I'm gonna hang up on you <laughs> pretty much in 12 minutes. Okay. Um the other interesting thing I find about this finals is LeBron is getting to the rim almost whenever the hell he wants. And I would say historically that when that happens. He wins. And the times, I think I think the San Antonio series uh, in 2014 is an example of one of those times that it didn't. Like, he had a great offensive game, and he was getting most of the shots he wanted. Uh, and, they, I mean, their, their defense just fell apart. But this series as well, like, LeBron is getting most of the shots he wants because nobody can. I mean, Durant has been doing an exceptional job on him, but LeBron still gets most of what he wants. And they're, they don't. They have not had a chance in the first two games. And Josh, I find that so interesting that even him being spectacular is not enough. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you that Cleveland's great and Golden State's greater. You know, it's not necessarily anything Cleveland's doing wrong. They're just they're kind of outmanned. At least that's how it looks right now. And yeah, as you were saying, LeBron, once he once he gets to the rim, typically that's a recipe for success. But the the big difference is the defensive end, which as we've seen all year. Cleveland, whether they tell you there's a switch or not, I think there is a switch, but it's not a big enough switch that they can overcome um, 
what really is at best, I think, an average to maybe top 10, maybe top 12 defensive team at best, like when they're all clicking. Everything has to go right. Like if um, we've seen Kyrie have flashes of that, but in game one, I mean, he was a disaster for most of that game defensively. He he tightened up in game two, but he just he has lapses and love as well. And Love has improved as a post defender and he's improved and he has improved. And I think I know in Miami we love to trash Kevin Love and it's funny to make fun of him, but he has improved, but it's just it's it's not good enough. Like Isn't right, he still kind of the odd man out though? Yeah, they still pick on him. <laughs> I mean He doesn't it doesn't fit right. Him with, uh, with the Cavs trying to guard the Warriors, Kevin Love doesn't fit right as a power forward. And basically what it looks like and after Someone put uh, put it up on the ringer today an article about how Kevin Love is basically the odd man out, even though he's improved on both ends as a Cavalier this year They're in also, the season and and in the playoffs. The thing I feel bad about him for there is Tristan Thompson's not giving them anything, and that doesn't help. But I mean, Alex, we were talking about this before the series started that Durant at the four is going to create problems for them. And and I by the way, I haven't really seen Golden State bust out the five four pick and roll. Right where Draymond is handling or Durant's handling and the other screening because like I don't know how they I, I don't know what answer Cleveland's gonna have there but they still haven't used that yet you know and that's another yet another like way to attack Kevin Love so if they start getting comfortable they have that in their back pocket isn't that what comes out of the the death lineup which I think they still haven't used at all no nah. I think that, have they have, have they, they, not, they? they not used it in Josh? the finals. Josh, are you there? Yeah. What's up? I missed that. I zoned out. Oh. <laughs> are, you very, talk, are you talking about the death lineup? Maybe, very I, be drink, maybe I shouldn't be drinking. I don't think I should be drinking while doing this podcast. So <laughs> are you talking That's about very death, you said the death lineup and have they used it? I, I don't think they have, right? Not this series. Uh, not, as far as Draymond at the five? Yeah. And, and I don't think I don't think we've seen it. I think they've done so well offensively, even with a traditional five out there, that they've kind of evolved. I don't think they. I think they'll still go to it if they need to, and obviously that goes to their versatility. But they've been damn good, just as good shooting the ball and scoring wise with Zaza or a Big Javale in there. Javale's been funny, but like he's not been terrible, and in him not being terrible, it's hysterical. Yeah, my thing with Javale is, like, I wonder how much it is the fact that he's just playing next to four potential Hall of Famers. You know, yeah, kind of that's exactly what it is. Like, like the Chal- I know this is going to sound like Chalmers slander, but when you put Chalmers next to Bosch, Wade, and LeBron, you dare. at times he looks like a pretty damn good player, but if you don't have those three there, it kind of exposes him. So I think that's kind of the JaVale situation. I'm not sure he's changed. Maybe he's bought in a little to his role more and he's accepting, but I think it's more of the talent around him. No, it's absolutely the talent around him. Um, yeah. Josh, you know what I find funny about your Chalmers take is I remember, and nobody, and you know, people love to mess with Levitard and remind him of all his bad takes. No one ever brings up to him, possibly one of the worst ones ever, when he said that Mario Chalmers would become all-star Rajon Rondo playing next did to he say, Did he say yes, that? Yes, he did. What? I remember he used to say that all the time. And I'm like, what? how has no one ever reminded him about this? Wow, I haven't heard that one. We need to go back and get the tape. I need to find the tape of that because I remember. And I, he yeah, if, you can find it, if you can find the tape of that, I'll put that all over our site. That, that, that's a good remember one. Just like Greg Cody saying they should trade Dan Marino in his prime. <laughs> I love I, – I, listen, there's, I, I guess, Brian, this would be a good segue into what we wanted to do. But I love uh, old, like bad old takes that don't age well. Best. That maybe at the time didn't seem that ridiculous. And then with age, you're like, Ugh. it's like, the best. And then the people that take offense to it, it's like it really it really exposes them as unfunny, miserable human beings. If you can't laugh for yourself, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Listen, we've all had awful takes. I once said um, it was like right, right before Durant like exploded. Right. It was like right before they made the playoffs for the first time, or I think right after that. I think it was right after that Lakers series the next year. And I said, Kevin Durant is massively overrated. That guy is not going to be great. <laughs> it's like he's too skinny. He gets pushed away. And I listen, I think that one. I think that's my one. I mean, hey, he's still he's still pretty damn skinny. <laughs> I, I was but right he- about Listen, my reasoning was right. I was just so wrong, like tremendously, colossally wrong. 
I just pulled one of my bad takes from June 17th. Let me, let me, let me introduce what we want to do here. So Brian, (laughs) um, Brian in our group chat the other day was sharing his old tweets and uh, his old takes. And if you know, Brian now, Brian is docile. He's mellow. He doesn't say anything. He's a corporate chill. Uh, (laughs) He's the ultimate blank slate producer. So Brian used to have takes back in the day. So, uh, and some of them are, some of them have not aged well. Some of them have aged well. So Brian is going to share a few of his old bad tweets. All right. This is from June 10, 2014. So 2014. The tweet goes, Dwayne Wade needs to learn he has to draw his team into foul trouble, slow down the pace. That was, that was fine at the time. But later on in that segue, I go, swear to God, I don't care about loyalty. If I'm the heat, I laugh at Wade's face if he asks for the max. Only LeBron deserves it. <laughs> kind of what they did didn't they yeah. did you tweet that during the the 14 finals yeah i think so yeah yep. that's for sure jesus brian. <laughs> reaction tweet jesus brian I mean, bro, you were right though <laughs> what's yeah. he you have you have you have a couple other good ones what do you got there's there's a really bad trade idea i had i want to hear tra- i'm all about bad trade ideas so is alex all right, yep. So this 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 also comes during the finals. I go. I'm down to trade Wayne Wade for Nikola Pekovic once Kevin Love is gone. Why? Okay, that's so bad. Josh, that's a horrible that? take. I mean, to his credit, Pekovic did star in <laughs> Superman, so I, I think that would be a good addition. Were you like blinded by the beard, Pekovic? I, I just really thought we needed a big man for LeBron. <laughs> I didn't realize small ball was the thing back then. So, so in 2014, when they're getting run out of the gym, you thought the solution to all of this is bearded Nikolai Pekovic. Correct. Who I think wasn't good at defense. <laughs> <laughs> He's could have fooled me. Stiff, huh? Could have fooled me. Okay. Well, yeah. Brian clearly sports expert. I am the machine. To his credit, he does look like he'd be a really, really good physical defender. No, he just doesn't. By his, just by his appearance. He looks like just he was the strongest man in the NBA. Right. I'm pretty sure that's what that's where I got it from. I think Fiorentino said that once. He's like the strongest player in the NBA. Like everyone said that. Tony says. Hold on. Wait a second. Wait. Whoa. That's you, what LeBron was quoted saying. I you listen to what Tony says? Like seriously? <laughs> like as law? Not to get all sour and, and I love and, them. No, no, no. I, I love. But how the hell has he not been replaced yet? He is terrible. No, but Whoa. He, no, no, Josh. Josh. Whoa. I'm willing to go down the path that as a he's not a good broadcaster. He's a terrible broadcaster. I know I we've, grown, we've grown to like him for his his quirks, but uh, holy hell, here. man! Like, like that's there's exactly a lot why he shouldn't be fired. There's a lot of talent out there. I know and I'm not is. saying somebody like me, but somebody like. Like I would love to hear Chris Anderson join the broadcast. I want to see Birdman get some a little more flavor in it. Third guy, third guy in the booth. Wait, Josh has stumbled on a great idea. Third man in the booth, Chris Anderson, right in between Eric and Tony. And oh, that, can you imagine that would be epic. Birdman as just the double middle fingers to the institution of broadcasting. Eric trying to be a cheesy professional, and Tony half paying attention. If you embrace the poop show, you'll get good results. Oh. Kind of like how Levitard, they do that. They embrace the yes. crap fest. Times. It's better radio, better TV. I think you're onto something. But like the funny part about it would be that Eric will try to save every sinking ship. Tony's bad at saving the sinking ship and Birdman would delight in the sinking ship. Yeah, I think Eric would probably die of a heart attack. So maybe we should. <laughs> I think he just wouldn't care much. Listen, I don't know anybody that loves the heat more than Eric Reed. Like that guy loves the heat and I think he'd quit. I think he'd walk away. I think so too. I think that would drive him over the edge. Uh, Brian, do you have one more tweet before I move on from your old bad takes? So this one comes from February 27, 2011. Pretty much when I first made my Twitter account, I go, this team is not going to win a championship without a better role playing point guard who could defend and shoot a three. And, And this is a misspell. I'm pretty sure without Pat Riley leading them. Okay, so basically you were just Ooh. saying 2010 ESPN takes. That's what that was. Yep. But, but I, I perfected the misspelling. That's such a bad take, and it's such a lame take because everyone was saying it. And it just comes not even a day after. Hopefully Raleigh is talking to Troy Murphy via Skype or something so he can show him his bag of rings. Troy Murphy! 
the sweepstakes. So, Troy Murphy will never not make me laugh because we legitimately wanted him. Okay, Troy Murphy. His goofy ass hair, his like round ass nose. Is that a big white th- white guy face. from Purdue? Purdue, yeah. right? Well, I know him from Indiana. Yeah. I don't even know what school he went to. I'm just guessing he went to Purdue because he looks like Purdue. <laughs> I would have said like Gonzaga or something. Some sort of white school. But right. yeah. Um God, God, Troy Murphy. Graydon. The what? <laughs> Graydon. <laughs> he looks like he played at Graydon. <laughs> oh my god. Um all right, so getting back on track. I found one really bad one. What? Come on, there's no track for this show. Let's be real. Uh, listen, okay, so this I'm, show, hey, I love it, but it it lives off the rails. It li- okay, listen, we we live off the rails. We are the train that uses no tracks. Therefore, we bump all over the place. Um, I I started an anime podcast yesterday, and <laughs> it was the most organized show I've ever done, and it still went <laughs> off the rails because it is me after all. But I had like <laughs> topics and we were like we were on track and we had a little sidetrack and then we come back on track. And um, I love I, I, I was like, is this what like it feels like to really do a show like uh, something serious? <laughs> this this be my worst hot take. And it's funny because I, for some reason, take the anime podcast more seriously than the sports podcast. You stole our intro. I hate you for that. I did. I did steal my intro. My uh, Josh, our, my welcome, welcome, welcome intro. I didn't know what to start the show with. So it just kind of like that's kind of a break glass. It's like Konichiwa or something. No, 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 that's not that's so lame. You're lame. <laughs> You're lame. <laughs> what kind of a damn insult is that? You're lame. Your face is lame. So we lost Alex. Alex is it's 727. His computer lasted two more minutes. So we've lost Alex. It's restarting for some reason. So hashtag RIP Alex. Um, One more bad sweep. No, I don't want your bad tweets anymore. Josh, I want to talk about Danilo Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari. I, I saw a lot of uh, anti-Danilo sentiment on the, the Twitter relating to the Heat recently. I don't understand it. I think he'd make them a better team. Now, I don't. if it's either him or James Johnson, I think I would go James Johnson. Just kind of in a, in a nutshell, he's going to do a lot more for you, provide more versatility, et cetera. But, man, Danilo could really help that offense. And, Defensively, as the Heat do with all players, they'll make him not really much of a liability. I think that's well, that's a compliment in a way. He's a, I think, no, but, but he's not a bad defender. Not bad, but he's not known for his defense. I think it'll be more like a uh, kind of like Gordon Hayward's not known for his defense. He's obviously a little bit. I, I think he's a better defender, but I think in the Heat system, I think he could be an impactful player, especially with his ability to spread the court. He could play the four. He's a really interesting guy. It just depends about the cost, like how much you're going to pay him. And and if you're going to pay him some crazy amount, would you, you'd be better off trying to use that to go after Blake or somebody else. They're in such a precarious situation because I absolutely believe that Gallinari could be the third piece to a championship team. And even in Houston's case, I believe that he can go there and they'd be a contender because I, I really think he's that good. But obviously he's just the Nilo Gallinari. The Heat are in this position where they don't have option one or two yet, but they'd overpay to get three early. And I think that as attractive as that might be, that's probably not the way to go, right? So, like, if they'll have a chance at Gallinari for something less than the max, they might be enticed or Riley might be enticed to take it for short-term winning, but not necessarily sure that that's adequate team building considering – how this market is like, and that's something that legitimately control because they're in a they're in this weird place because Gore, we don't we don't know how much longer Goran has to be playing at this level. We don't really, yeah, yeah. But I also think I think people are quick to write him off. Now, obviously, I'm biased toward I love Goran and I'm biased towards him, but I think people expect like, oh my god, he's thirty, like he's gonna break down. I guys, today's day and age, you're seeing a lot of really good players stay good until at least their mid-30s. And I just know certain ones you could say, well, the, the ones that are injured, um, like Dwayne Wade, he, his body's taken a beating over the years. He's obviously wasn't the same player at 35 that he was at 32 or 31 and, and things like that. But this, this idea that he's just going to break down, I don't see it. I think Gordon has at least three good years. He, he's a great shooter, so he doesn't necessarily always, like he might not always have his, his take it to the whole game. 
but he's still going to be a great shooter. He's still a good passer. He's a smart player. He's still going to impact your team in a positive way. So I think everybody needs to like settle down a little bit as far as the, uh, the age thing. And, but I get what you're saying. They are, they're, they're tweeners right now. And, and when you look at golden state, you're like, Oh my God, they're so far away. And then Cleveland, they're so far away, but there's also something to the fact where you want to be competitive and then you keep your options flexible. And then down the road when you can maybe get a talent like Shaq or somebody like that and, and, and pounds cause Riley, that's kind of been his MO or he, he may not get the guy through free agency, but he always gets the guy, whether it's via trade free agency. I mean, draft is luck, I think, but you know, we've seen it before. Um, I think that the, the thing with Goran, especially is that he, beginning of his career he didn't play heavy minutes he barely played he was playing back Good up point. to steve nash so like his body is going to be preserved a little longer than most guys even though he plays kind of a physical style the thing about him that concerns me a little bit is the finishing at the rim has diminished every single year since he's gotten here um, has it i didn't even know that Good yeah stat. no it's gone a little worse every year and substantially or just like little um, bits there was a I don't remember the exact percentage points, but it was it was enough from this year to last year that it was noticeable uh, in the numbers. But I think that's natural. Anybody his age, that's that's going to happen. He still finished. Yeah, I mean, unless well. you're, unless you're a freak like LeBron, of course. But yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, and even by the way, Dwayne kept his finishing at the rim really, really well throughout his whole career. Like even now, I, I haven't looked at the numbers this year, but I know last year he was here. Uh, Dwayne was finishing at the rim at a very, very, very good clip. So. You know, you, you can diminish and still be very, very good in that area, especially off cuts and stuff like that, which I imagine that Spo might help Gore and add to his game if they add another ball handler. Yeah, um, you just have to evolve. Keep evolving. That's what the great ones do anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, no, it's just, it's been a little, just thinking about the offseason, and it's, this offseason is either going to be really, really interesting or really, really boring. I don't really think there's going to be a, a an in between. I think they're just going to either keep most of the guys that they have and add some like random people, or some, something's going to happen because Gordon Hayward is in play, and I, I imagine Paul George and Jimmy Butler might be available. I know Philly. Uh, it was reported today, or I saw reports today that uh, that third pick that they have is 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 out the door. So you know who knows who wants that and what their team might. What, what happened to trusting the process? I thought they were all Pinky's about graphics and, and they're process driven and Colangelo's not process driven. That was Hinky. There you go. But man, they make me sick. <laughs> rather be Philly. I hate Philly. No, I would not rather be Philly. I, I want it because you also have to think of it and. Most teams don't make that jump from just the he were a rare exception. You don't make the jump from just mediocre to championship caliber. You know, it takes a lot of time. Uh, sometimes you take baby steps. Uh, even the Heat, you know, when they developed, when they had the big three, they had to kind of experience those growing pains the first year before they could win. Golden State, they didn't just come out of nowhere. It took them a long time to develop. So, I mean, they still have some good young talent on this team, and we don't know what they're capable of becoming. So I just I don't want I don't want them to just throw the towel in and become this this which it won't it won't under Riley but just this tanking team and say we got to keep hitting draft picks because let's say you tank this year and the next year there's no guarantee you're going to even hit on one or both of those guys like there's a lot of drafts where half of the top five doesn't become a superstar so that's a risky ploy as it is it's it takes a lot of luck to build a championship team. But John, yeah, that, not only that, but you risk your guys leaving. So if in two years, um, they, they let's say they tank the next two years, justice is up. And just why, right. why would justice want to stay? Right. There's nothing attractive about it. Then you, you alienate your fans and like half of them may probably, what, how many, how many will buy into that tanking mentality? Like 10%. I mean, it's just, it's not a way Johnson to run. Wants to stay for that. Nobody wants to stay for that. And then you also have to factor in the fact in free agency, if you have a, I know the culture thing makes some people sick and I agree they've, they've pushed it to an obnoxious ex- extent. It's cultish. Uh, it's the, cultish. Oh God, it's, it's too much, but th- there is something to it though. You know, like even if, even if it's just the financial thing, because you're going to see Dion and James capitalize off that heat culture this summer and, and it's in their bank account. Yeah, so I, the the thing the thing Whittingham and I were talking about a couple of shows ago was it's not the it's not really it's not I think the the culture is about fitness right and there's organizational stability 
So but I think it's also about win. I think it's always about winning, though, too. I think there's a toughness, a grit to that. But I think that that results from everyone in that organization knows that they have job security. Spo knows he has job security. Andy Ellisberg and Riley know they have job security. So these people are not doing they're not doing hasty moves to do them. You know what I mean? So they're able to be competitive and not really they don't have to do anything drastic. Like nobody has to do anything crazy because we all know that we're going to have a job next year. And if we have a plan and if we stick to the plan and these are smart people, we believe that we will succeed. Right. Because there's always a plan. Riley always has. And since I can remember, he always has times in where he's like, we're going to wait for this year. And if this doesn't work, we're going to retool and wait for like there's always a plan, whether you agree with the plan or not. It's irrelevant, but they always have one. And nobody is afraid that they won't see their plan through. And I think that that's, that value in that creates this culture of fitness and this and that and, and competitiveness because you know that you don't have to make a drastic trade to to keep your job like Orlando has done with their past three GMs or, or Indiana. You know what I mean? Like everybody's secure in their role. Absolutely. Continuity helps, man. It's an attractive – they have it all figured out as far as how to – run an organization and how to treat people and so forth. And there's a lot of value to that. So it's just a matter. It's a matter. A lot of it's luck. As I said, you know, Golden State, they might have built their team mostly through the draft, but they got lucky. They got really lucky. They did. And by the way, the Warriors did, too, because we're talking about team building through the draft and how the Warriors took a long time. Steph getting hurt so often made them bad. And Mm -hmm. when he was up for a contract, they were able to get a massive discount because he, right. his health could not be trusted. And right. I, I think people forget that we used to make the ankles made of paper mache jokes. Like he was made of porcelain. He was a literal glass cannon that was always hurt. And that there was a legitimate conversation with the Warriors on should we keep Monta Ellis or should we keep Steph Curry? That was oh, my legit- God. Do you remember that? That's sick. That's just Didn't disgusting. Didn't they almost trade Curry? What they was that did. trade? Idea? No, they were both on the oh. trade block, and they did not know who they were going to keep. But and they then, they, then they almost traded for Love, too. I mean, or at least they were considering it. That's yeah, still, they were yeah. trying to trade Clay for Love. I remember. See, that's another one of my bad takes. I thought they should do that so hard. Right, but a lot of people did. I think so, too, because you don't know what these young guys are going to become, and you know what Love is, and, and you know he's a high-quality player, but that's luck. Like, I wouldn't blame the GM for making that deal and then looking no, back on it. But it's just so much luck, and I know people don't want to admit that in sports, but it's so prevalent. It's so, it's I mean, the Heat have been beneficiaries of, of luck. Right. So, I mean, the Anthony Carter See, agent thing is... Yeah, both sides of it. You know, there's always that, that element. So, like, when... I think the my problem with the Philly process is you have this vacuum pack. And I know, like, I, I don't know if anybody, if you're on Twitter and you know who Jay Ramos is, but Jay Ramos is a proponent of the process and Philly. And what he says is right. You you know, not that the draft, the draft is a crapshoot. The draft's total luck. You just want more shots at it, right? So by tanking, you get, you know, you get more tickets to, to try to win. And I, I get that. But like I said, there's, it's not, we're not physicists. We don't look at things in a vacuum. These are moving right. parts. And, and let's say you do tank and you lose on purpose. And I think your culture will take a little hit. You just, you rep, you know, among free agents. I think that it takes a little hit from what you built already. And then let's say you, you draft a player and it takes three years to figure out what he is, whether he's a star or a superstar or a role player. And then that's a risk too. So there's no sure way to build a champion. And it's just, you just got to, there's multiple ways. I like the one thing I like about Riley is that he's kind of willing to do anything. And he just sees market inefficiencies and tries to exploit it. So, I mean, they have the best cap man in the business, probably the the best closer, uh, obviously one of the top three or four coaches. So they're in a good spot. You know, Alf was always saying this season how we he felt that there was a shift that it's going from Riley to Spo that this team has Spo's fingers all over it with the way they play and the personnel that they have, the versatility of guys. And that when it was time to get Durant, Spo was the one doing a lot of the talking. And I remember the reports of how impressed Durant was. So that's another thing. Like this organization is shifting from that closer to a guy that is that not only do they respect in-house. And I, I, I know that no one ever slanders a coach. You know, like coaches don't slander other coaches. But, man, do coaches go out of their way to sing praise for Eric Spolstra? 
No, absolutely, man. You should be the coach of the year in my mind. Uh, playoffs or not, I don't think it's – I know it's a results business, but the job he did this year – and it's so hard to quantify coaching, but if you're going to quantify it, he certainly, certainly has a great argument. They, uh, Josh, I, I mean, I was looking at numbers. They contest by percentage, I think, the second most threes, and they allow the fewest. That's coaching, coaching. man. That's People coaching. don't realize, too, that – that nest that like like I, I know three point percentage defense is thrown out there a lot and I don't think you can look at I think a lot of that I know there to an extent but a lot of that is luck too but as you said attempts that that's the big one it's how many corner threes are you allowing the other team to make to take and and if they make them you know they're gonna make them it's kind of um, shooting can be weird sometimes you know and, and vacillate back and forth for no reason but all the the coachable uh, categories. Like that, great point. I mean, yeah, he's there's no question anymore. And those I mean, are, that may, maybe he's not he's not pop. I don't think he's on pop's level. I don't think anybody is, but he's up there. Ty Lue has done a a good job, and I know that it's fun to make fun of him and the Tyke Lue things on Twitter. But I know that he's getting his ass kicked. <laughs> but Josh, have you seen the Tyke Lue? No, I haven't been on Twitter enough and since oh the my God. I've lost out. Oh. Have you seen that, Brian? Is Are you that talking baby? about the weird face he made? Yes, no, the baby, thing? the baby meme. Have you seen the baby, the baby meme? I, I've seen a, a baby meme on like a few, a few of your guys too. That yes. uh, Alfonso guy, but I have no idea where it originated. I don't from. know, dude. He loves the baby meme, and our own brass jazz just started photoshopping the baby on everything, and it it looks like Tyloo a little bit. So because it's like the baby. Wait, where did the baby come from? I don't know. One day, Jack it was just a, Alfonso, a baby making. He was just making that funny face, and he's it's like, "I'm really laughing." Huh? It's not really a, a son? man and a woman love each other very much. <laughs> oh, Alex, you're back. Hi, welcome back. <laughs> when did so, you get here? I've been in this for like 15 minutes of my phone. Are you serious? Said, You've just been I just there. Kind of figured you guys didn't want to touch out my phone because it's probably work well. Wait, the sound so you, of my Terminator. Did you think of just saying anything? No, I just I wasn't sure if you guys wanted me speaking. While using Skype on my phone. I mean, I never want you speaking, but, you know, you should have said something. Yeah, and I'm still trying to set it up on my computer. But, yeah, when a man and a woman love each other, that's, that's, that's where the okay, baby comes yeah, from. Okay. Wait, it's not Stork? <laughs> Whoa. Spoiler alert. Whoa. My bad, Brian. Way to go. Bleep that out, Brian. Write that down, Brian. So, yeah, the Tyke Luke. Uh, Tyke Luke kind of looks like t- that baby has similar facial features to the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, and... He gets photoshopped on Tyloo a lot, uh, but yeah, Ty, Ty's not been terrible. Not been terrible. This is a talent thing. I mean, this is completely a talent thing. I don't think there's anything else to it than that. He's made the adjustments. Like they were getting burned in game one in transition, and and they 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 started stopping the ball in transition and kind of let the shooters be. And that's the right thing to do when you're getting killed by it. And then the Warriors just hit a bunch of threes. And at that point, you kind of throw your arms up and say, "I don't know what you want me to do." Exactly. There's nothing. It sucks. It's a defenseless feeling, but there's nothing they could do. I can't imagine. Absolutely that nothing. That must suck, dude. Yeah, especially for LeBron because he's used to imposing his will, and he just can't. He just can't in this series. And it must be similar to how he feels. And I know Cleveland before he left Miami wasn't as good as they are now, but the difference in talent between what he's facing across from him and what he was facing back then, I think is pretty similar. You know, he was facing that super team Celtics, you know, and now he's facing the super duper golden state warriors. So it's, it's gotta be helpless. Maybe he'll come back to Miami and then we'll add f- five superstars and go from there. Let's go. Gordon Hayward, LeBron, bring in CB three. Um, That's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because on, on Twitter today, um, you know the Miami uh, Miami Beckham United news came through that the that the county approved or the city of Miami approved that the sale of the land to, for the stadium and where our Miami fans are already talking about Cristiano Ronaldo in three years and I'm like what is with Miami thinking they'll get every single big free agent man it's it's LeBron we, he has completely spoiled us completely. He we spoiled were, the entire sports fan base. We thought we were getting Peyton Manning. We thought we were getting Pujols. Oh, every big free agent we thought we were getting. And Dominican Sue, ah, they got him. Uh, and, you know, Gordon Hayward's coming here. Uh, Durant was going to – people legitimately believed Durant was going to come here. And I tricked myself into thinking Durant was gonna might come here. Now, if Bosch was healthy or they could have done something with his salary, I think they had a prayer. But with that going against you, it was probably impossible. You can't walk into a meeting and, like, what's up with Bosch? 
Right. And Wade, you know, Wade wasn't willing to play ball with them. So it's tough. That, that's a no, that's a, it's it, the fact they even got a meeting. It, it pays homage to how well respected the organization is. They got a damn meeting with LaMarcus Aldridge. Like when all they had was like the mid-level. I know. That's crazy. That's, dude, that's so funny to me. Like, hey, you want to have a dinner with me? And like, you just, yeah, just to shoot the shit. Yeah, dude, like, right there, Sorry. Brian. No, Ooh. I love it. Because <laughs> he Ooh. makes a face. <laughs> I really don't want to bleep anything out. Uh, does, uh, does, <laughs> yeah, I think Lamarcus just wanted like a free dinner. Just called for the meeting with Riley. That's I mean, who wouldn't? Wouldn't you with Pat Riley? Oh, that, yeah, I man. mean, that's awesome. Especially, it's probably on. Although probably Pat Riley couldn't technically pay for it, right? There would have been some sort of tampering, or Is they probably each split it. Oh. That's my guess. I don't know. I don't know the exact rules. It's just a guess. Good point. Um, yeah. I remember that Bill Simmons story that he published um, a couple of years ago. I think was it Grantland or the Ringer. I don't remember, but um, about how Riley has nudged so many stars to so many places. <laughs> right, Riley nudged. You know, he had. I think he had a conversation with Shaq from L.A. And I remember the Garnett one. Yeah. Um, that Garnett, you know, running on the beach. Oh, he nudged. Wait, he nudged Shaq way back from Orlando to LA. I think so, if I remember. I didn't correctly. hear that. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Read the. Uh, I, you might, I might. I might be incorrect, but if Brian, do you remember the story? Did you read it? It was. It was the ringer. Uh, the, I don't remember the Shaq's hanging uh, to it, but I do remember the Garnett one. I could be wrong about Shaq. He, he just happened to pass him and his wife. They were uh, jogging by one of his estates in, in Malibu. In, in Malibu, place he always wants to go back to, of course. Oh, um, oh you know yeah. what? This is boring. Hold on. We've been so sportsy, but now I want you just said Malibu, and I thought of LeBron's house in L.A. Uh, Josh, are you familiar with what's going on with uh, Mr. Clay Travis? A little bit. Oh, with what are you saying about LeBron's house? Yes. Uh, or has he said? Or has he said something else stupid since then? Oh no. Okay. So for the audience that doesn't know, Clay Travis of Fox Sports or of uh, Satan said that LeBron uh, LeBron played bad in game one, which he didn't play bad in game one, and then made up a racist controversy to get the heat off of him. Now. It's pretty, it's pretty effing stupid to go out on that limb. Oh, but like that's that's his audience base. Like his audience base loves that. They're like, Clay's telling it how it is. Liberal. Yeah, I mean, his audience base is basically not to get political, but Trump's base. Yeah, I mean, I think they're the same people. <laughs> but it, uh, and then he's getting into it with with Nick Wright, and Nick Wright called him out and goes, uh, he because I think you know Nick Wright called him out on on the the racism a bit, and then he says, all you do is tell me all the Democrats you vote for, but you know that doesn't erase all the stuff you know you say. But I, I like when I read that Clay Travis tweet, I interpreted that as a joke because I thought I thought he was spoofing. Now, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt, right? Spoofing himself? No. Well, <laughs> I thought he was spoofing this LeBron Jordan coverage. That's how I originally interpreted the tweet. But then I realized it was Clay Travis and he loses the benefit of the doubt for that. And the way that he embraces it is so annoying. I think yeah, Harrison was mad he didn't say it first. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it ever occurred to him the fact that, I mean, let's say this has never happened to LeBron before. And let's say it doesn't happen to anybody. I'm trying to put myself in his shoes and I come outside and I look at my gate and I see, all right, I'm Jewish. So I see a swastika on my gate. I'm probably going to do what he did. I'm going to call the police. And not thinking about hiding evidence or anything, I'm going to get that crap the hell off my gate as quickly as possible because it's it's disgraceful. It's I mean, he ne- that never crossed his mind. Like it just he's disgusting. I don't even want to. I don't even know what to say about him. No, but the interesting thing about that is not necessarily what he said, but how I thought it was interesting how he doesn't have any benefit of the doubt because of his body of work, and how interesting it was that his colleague Nick Wright, who has been the number one LeBron stan. Um, just totally openly fighting with him on Twitter, like with like what felt like genuine animosity toward a colleague. It wouldn't surprise me though if Fox Sports loves that sort of thing. Oh, they have to love it. Clearly, they're in the the business and the shock business, so that must be their style. Their producers are probably just loving that. They might have even planned it that way. That the whole thing could have been planned. Who knows? Same thing with Broussard and Whitlock. Exactly. Well, look at the, all those guys. Look at all the guys that are there. You know, yeah. they, there's a, a similar pattern outside of joy. And we're talking about them. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. That's the only way they can. Because like, 
I don't, I, I, I'm not looking at the ratings, but I don't necessarily know who's out here watching that, right? So the uh, way that we, good, if follow Richard Deutsch on Twitter, if that's how you pronounce his name, then you, you know they're they're no bueno. <laughs> Let's just say that no bueno. Um, but this is the only way we talk about them, right? So yeah. like, Clay Travis says something questionably racist, and uh, Nick Wright fights with him, and we talk about them. Did we just stumble into into a conspiracy theory? I think so, but I mean. I, 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 I don't know. I, but like, I mean, I don't know. Could you, if you have any sort of moral compass, could you play along with that? If you're Nick, Wright? It's, it's tough. Let's say, I mean, let's say they offer you, you 600, 700 grand to go work there. Are you saying no, not to go work. No, the, no, I, I take the money, but I'm saying that if, if you're like playing along with like that, this is a setup that Nick, Wright Is, is just planning the flames on purpose to mm. get it like man i don't know how you can because this is not it's not like skipping Stephen a you know like that felt very contrived but in a funny way you know what i mean like in a goofy kind of dumb right. way this feels like it has i didn't i didn't see the whole extent of it i think i saw one response did they go back and they forth went and back, back and, and forth, forth a bit yeah and oh. then that you know then you know um so it, it went on for a bit and I, I found that fascinating because we don't see that anywhere. Not even on CNN. I, I didn't see any coverage of the – I didn't see CNN people being very critical of Kathy Griffin uh, what for what she did. I mean I could be wrong because I don't watch CNN a lot. But I thought if, if it happened, it would have come up on social media. So I just thought it was interesting how two people for the same company were were just going at it like that. It's just it – was, it was uncommon to me. I have a really great tweet I just uncovered. It's like one of my first tweets. I don't, I don't want your damn tweets anymore. The time no, passed for that. It's so good. It's no. so good. I want to. I want to play a game with you guys. It's okay. called Who Am I? All right. Okay. How does the game work? You just gotta guess who this person that I'm referring to in his tweet is. Did you want to get me off the Fox Sports topic so bad that you're gonna bring up this crappy game? I don't like Clay Travis, so yes. <laughs> me neither. All right, let's go. All right, Josh, you ready? Ready. And I guess so. Alex too. I forget you're there. Oh, okay. I guess Alex. <laughs> so, I'll give you I'll give you a date of the tweet and I'm gonna read the tweet. So the date of the tweet was from June twenty seventh, two thousand ten. So we were talking about a couple of days before free agency. Obviously, LeBron was a free agent. All right, so here's the tweet. It goes, I'm an NBA insider. I speak like a thirteen year old hood rat, fully intended to use all my influence to force LeBron James to go to Chicago. This is my mission. Hashtag ESPN. Who am I? Mike Wilbon. Mm, that's a good one. No. That is a good one. Mm, oh, man. I will, mm. Can't think of any, any other media members from Chicago. No, cause, no, cause, Skip? Cause, no hold on. Wait, wait. Okay. You, is that your guess? I'm trying to yeah, figure out who yeah, would speak like a 13-year-old. Might be Skip. Can't. See, Wilbon's too, Wilbon's too like, he, 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 his words are too good. He's too good with words. <laughs> <laughs> wait that was the exact quote this is my tweet God. wait what wait. Ryan's impersonating okay so we're somewhere. guessing we're guessing a media member from your tweet yes. okay, I, I think okay, okay Brian let me, oh I understand what you're saying okay Brian's being a bad this is, Brian you're bad producing uh, I'm I gonna like explain very well I'm gonna guess Broussard correct oh I got it oh that's a good one yes, yes. that game was not fun <laughs> <laughs> You suck, dude. I just want to leave it. You suck. You're a bad producer. Why can't you? So you, you know, want to go hold back on, to wait. the Fox Sports no, Hold on, wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> I actually, I want to share with the audience. I actually missed Brian yesterday. As I mentioned before, started an anime show. You can check me out at Subtitle Anime on YouTube if you're interested in that. <laughs> um, I, I I started episode one, and I'm talking. I'm talking to my guests. We're doing a show, and at, we had we both had a question. Of the producer of a certain film, uh, the the studio rather, and I didn't know, and he didn't know, but we were both kind of sure. And I wanted it googled for me, and Brian wasn't there to Google it for me. And I almost said, Brian, can you Google that for me? When I realized that you weren't there, it made me kind of sad that I didn't have a do boy to go Google for me. Anime's trash. So I missed you. retweet. Go to hell, man. So I missed you, Brian. I don't. Okay, good. Ah, uh, well, we're almost. Fox uh, Sports is racist. <laughs> no, see, we're not done with the show. 
for the audience that doesn't know, we uh we always try to end the show on a joke. And uh, that was Brian attempting to end the show on a joke. And then Alex, for the first time trying to be competent, tried to end the joke on another joke. We still have four minutes left of recording to go before we get to the a lot. Wow, already? Yeah, we have four more minutes. So we have to pump out four more minutes of content, which, by the way, I found that this is an amazing feat that we've done today uh, successfully because the Heat have not played in how long? Like two months? That about, yeah. Nothing really has happened. Yeah. Who's counting? Who's counting? Which, by the way, I read a stat that the Heat have were the last Eastern Conference team to beat the Warriors. Oh, that is funny. I think by the transitive property that makes us the champions. Dion Waiters. Listen, Josh, have you not been or Alex or anybody? Have you not been watching this series? And at some point when like they're just hammering Cleveland, you sit back and kind of grin a little bit and go, how the hell did Dion Waiters beat these people? Yep. Um, that's so disrespectful to Dion. He's the GOAT. <laughs> and I think you need to sign off three minutes early because of those comments. Yep. I agree. Google me. <laughs> no, it, it is amazing, though. I mean, that was Dion's coming out party. That was Dion's coming out party nationally because already he had been playing well. But, like, nationally, that was. You know, and it's funny, like, Hassan's coming out game nationally was the triple double with blocks. Uh, but we we had already known that he was playing stellar before then, and it's funny how that works. Like the nation gets introduced to someone at a certain point, and and it's not necessarily when they actually broke out. I think Hassan's was was it against Memphis? I can't believe they were bringing him off the bench. Man, they were slow with him. Talking about the Clippers game, boy, did they? Was that it? Was it the Memphis game or the Clippers game? I know they played a Lakers game on the road that he was big in. I remember the Clippers game because he was bodying up DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> what is DeAndre? Is DeAndre going to... Oh, Brian, speak, I was going to talk about DeAndre's hair, but speaking of that, Justice Winslow, your boy. Uh, Josh, do you know Brian's take on Justice Winslow's hair? Enough. Oh, is it the shooting? Yes, it is the shooting. Oh, it's affecting a shooting? I kind of... I, I I think there might be a little something to that take. Really? You found an ally, Brian. Woo! How, 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 Brian's like, how it kind of affects him. Boat. It affects him how he sets the shot and he's, it affects his accuracy. I... I can kind of buy into that. I see it. I mean, remember he shot. I felt like he shot pretty well last summer when he had the cornrows, and then once he goes to yes. the, the, the cornrows, <laughs> like, Josh has no idea what like, you're talking about. Maybe, when you do that. maybe if we've kept listeners from that first show, <laughs> fifty people know that joke. But boy, is it funny if you're. I feel like 50 is really generous. No, yeah, I would say maybe so 25. Got it. That one was back in the day it. when we would get like 300 a show, and like that was a monumental party. Yeah. UD needs to have the cone rolls. Excuse, uh, excuse us for the self involvement, um, Josh. Brian, I was thinking the other day, I was at the gym and there was like EDM music playing. And do you remember when, uh, do you remember who our first sponsor was? Was it your cousin? It was Miami Night. It was that my cousin's blog sponsored us. Look at that. Now we're on Almighty Baller Network, which is, I guess, a little bit of an upgrade. We don't have... What happened to the... Didn't we used to have... <laughs> yeah, I, remember, I remember calling into his show. He was playing EDM music, and he call, I called into his show. Oh, that's right, because he wanted to do, like, EDM and then, like, a sports talk show. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It's like putting ice cream on top of pizza. It's like, why are you doing that? They're good on their own. God, that's funny. The corn rolls. Man, 15 seconds left. Can I give us some quick, quick, quick takes? Okay, go. Chris Paul to the Spurs, the capture trade, Paul George. Jason Whitlock is the black version of you. Jason Whitlock's the black version of me? Why? What the hell? Oh, man. <laughs> you pissed just as many people off. <laughs> I thought it was because you're fat. Flo here with a really weird word. Buttery. Buttery? It's not quite butter. It's, it's more butterish. Or maybe buttery is like butchery or bakery, a shop that sells artisanal butter products. Dig in, America. Now a word that's even more weird. Flotection. Sure, it's not really a word, but it is really good protection for your new home through me and Progressive. No ifs, ands, or butteries about it. 
Sorry. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.